Welcome to the Relational Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Thompson, joined by my co-host, Austin Hill. Today, we're in part four in our conversation on burnout. We hope you enjoy. I was really encouraged last week when um, Wes Stortz, who's a ministry care specialist at The Refuge, who works at The Refuge, he was talking about how he's really wanting to build into this practice of when he goes out to the Lancaster property to serve the guys that every day he wants to to do a sensory walk down the driveway and back, which it's a long mm-hmm. driveway down there. So that's, it's not just like a normal, you know, my driveway would be like 30 second walk, but um, you know, this is half a mile. Yeah. It's at least half a mile. And um, when I heard him say that I was deeply encouraged because I'm like, that's a good practice of slowing down enough, stopping, pausing the doing. Cause again, we're not saying don't be productive. Don't do stuff like, but Wes was basically saying like, I want to make it a practice every day that I go out there that I'm going to do this sensory walk and just pay attention to what's around me and pay attention to what God might be wanting to say to me and pay attention to how I'm feeling and pay attention to how my body is feeling. And that's a good example of, we're not saying to stop doing stuff. We're saying if we're being compulsive in our doing, then what that means is we we have a hard time stopping. We're not going to go on a sensory walk. We're not going to slow down to pay attention. And I was just encouraged by Wes in that because it's like, that's an example of, of in the midst of the work, having a rhythm or rhythms like a sensory walk to, to pay attention to ourselves and figure out what might actually be happening. Because if we're so busy doing, that's how we end up in that burnout space because we're not tending to ourselves. We're not taking our own medicine. You know, we might be, you know, even if you're, even if you're a refuge guy in phase one or you're somebody listening and you're, you're a leader or something, oftentimes what happens is we're giving people all this advice or we're, we're, we're sharing what we think is right or wrong, but oftentimes we're not living this out the same advice that we're giving other people. And so that might be another good question for us to just pause for a second and, and reflect on is, am I taking my own medicine? Yeah. Am I living out the advice that I'm giving other people? Yeah. Am I taking my own advice? Am I taking my own advice? Because that right there, it, it's, like a, it's like a double-edged sword in a way where if we actually did take our own advice we would realize that we are we are actually doing better than we think we are so we don't have to beat ourselves up so much for not doing stuff yes. or doing enough or being enough where if we took our own advice our lives would probably improve if that and also think about the confidence that's required to give advice like means you believe in those things and that and that the result of that input or feedback would be would improve somebody else's life yeah. So if we actually did that stuff, like be kind to people. So I should be kind to myself. Yes. Like be welcoming to those to those different who disagree with you or who disappoint you. Well then be welcoming to yourself, be gracious to yourself when you disappoint yourself. Show forgiveness and grace to yourself. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a recipe for for mitigating our anxiety right there or lessening our anxiety right there is if, if we're giving someone advice or if we're giving somebody what we think is true, right? That's a belief statement. And then if our life doesn't reflect that, then our beha- then what that means is our behaviors and our beliefs are in conflict 
And anytime our beliefs and our behaviors are in conflict, that is going to result in a very unhealthy kind of stress. Yeah. And, and when we live in that for too long, when that's like, I think another p- good point is often burnout or this exhaustion or overwhelmed feeling people live with for years. For years. Yep. Like I live with, I lived with four years. It was mm-hmm. just my normal became a feeling of overwhelm, over being overwhelmed, anxious, lacking, not being enough, where it's just that became my normal. And if we live in that for such a long time, are the like the crazy the craziness of of that is we naturally our bodies naturally want to protect and be and be safe so we create these stories or narratives as to why we're doing it yeah to protect ourselves and usually if we're doing something that's not healthy whether it's overworking or lying or not being honest with others or ourselves that narrative that becomes our reality kind of numbs us or blinds us to the fact that we're doing something that's going to hurt us. Yep. And then that just becomes our regular. If you ever wonder why someone does something that, that, and they just, it keeps falling apart. Like, man, you, why are you doing this again? It's, it's when you see someone like this, it's, it's almost like watching a fly run into a window again and Mm -hmm. again and again. It's just like, man, you're doing it again. It was a window before. And it sounds silly, but that's kind of what it looks like from like, if I were to go back in hindsight and look at the ways that I was unhealthy and overworking or not focusing on the right things to me, it's like, it is ridiculously, it's shockingly obvious where like, I mean, you're just running into that window again and again and again, at least put a helmet on. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, all, it is comical in a way where you're like, this is ridiculous. It is ridiculous, but we all do it. We do. Yeah. And it's, it is a, there's a, it's like an, it, it's for, it sounds, this is going to sound bad for no good reason. We isolate ourselves in this where the way out of it is being in relationship with other people to give us their perspective of us kind of like showing the grace that I show you, like our friendship, Wes, me practicing the things that I want to show you. To then show them on to myself gets highlighted when you and I have those conversations. So I can't, when you find yourself in that situation alone, the way out of it isn't like, isn't doing more of the difficult things. I'm just going to work harder on myself. It's seeing the perspective of somebody, uh, uh, hearing and experiencing and being with someone else who cares about you that points it out and affirms the healthy things that you are doing. Because it's really hard to see a different normal when your normal is blinding you to what to the way out. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Relational Recovery Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with part five on our conversation. We'll see you then.